seriously wounded in the war. Today we're joined by Ahmed Sharif. He's eight years old and his father, Jabbar Sharif. Two and a half years ago, Ahmed lost his eyesight and right arm after being caught in crossfire. He first came to the United States last year, received prosthetic eyes and an arm. He was brought to this country by the group Global Medical Relief Fund. We're joined by the group's founder, Elisa Montanti, and uh, the father and Ahmed. Australia, hello Germany, hello Turkey. This is the Ahmed in Retrospect podcast, and uh, according to our analytics, we've seen a number of listeners from those countries. So shout-outs to Australia, Germany, and Turkey, uh, as well as everyone listening in the United States as well. Uh, as usual, my name is Eric, and I'll be hosting with, again, the one and only Ahmed Sharif. And uh, we've been seeing uh, uh, our podcast is reaching... Uh, newer audiences, um, I believe we, we're, we're having people listening from not just all over the world, uh, but we get new listeners with each episode. Uh, we have blind listeners, we have, again, listeners from the other side of the globe or as close as where we are here in uh, New York, and uh, Ahmed Sharif has a, a story ahead of him that We've, we've barely even uh, tapped into. So, Ahmed, in the previous episode, we were talking about your journey from Iraq and back. And now we're in an area where you've been uh, sort of in the same spot where now you're, you're sort of grounded in the U.S. and you're learning and you're getting educated here in the United States and you've stumbled upon an organ. So we'll, we'll pick it up from there, Ahmed. So, uh what what's what's been happening now in uh in the american school system and in your your early uh intrigue into music well well eric here we are again um how's everything with you uh i appreciated the intro uh, definitely these countries turkey australia and germany i have a lot of friends from these countries and uh uh, like Eric said, thank you uh, for uh, tuning in and uh, listening to this podcast. Um, Eric, how was your week? Uh, was it good? Week was good. Uh, you know, not to mention that we have a second monthly supporter. Of course, you know who you are. Um, yes, yes. Very, uh, very, definitely shout out to this supporter, yeah. I, we're incredibly thankful that uh, mm-hmm. we, we have another one and uh, things moving along very nicely and uh, yeah, I'm you know monitoring the podcast growth and everything's been pretty much the same. It's been a nice week. 
Great. All right. So well, I'm going to give you a summary of what happened from the last episode. Um, just to give you an update, the song uh, um, from the last episode, in the end, uh, I wrote that song um, about my uh, brother, uh, Saad. Um, it's called Why Did You Go? So uh, just in case, uh, um, if you wondered... Uh, was what's that song about so um there's a full version but we'll release it eventually um yeah i wrote that uh, about my brother when he passed and i as i uh grew older i, I wrote that song but we'll get into that how the song uh was written and how it was composed anyway so yes the second time i came here to the u.s with my father uh jabbar uh, I came here to um, to a, a second visit, and I entered the PS55, and um, it was a great uh, adventure, honestly. Uh, I met a lot of people, I, I met uh, a blind kid back then, his name is Mikolai, and um, I never, you know, met anybody who was blind, just like me, before. Um, and I started to learn Eng English little by little. Thank God I can speak it now, you know. Uh, decent. <laughs> A lot of More English. than decent. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we visited and we ran to this, um, should I say asshole? I can say asshole. That's fine. Yeah, you can say it. Asshole Abdullah, um, that, who took advantage and made a movie uh, about me and uh, hurt um, the, the charity and hurt hurt me, and trying to make uh, money for his uh, own benefits, you know. That's what happens. Anyway, uh, yeah, I entered PS fifty five, and there was a lot of changes. And I was eight years old, and um, before I turned nine in June, I was born uh, on June ninth. Uh, just just a reminder. So I had a I had a great. Uh, couple of months in PS55, I was in the third grade, and I, I met such a great kids. And, you know, I go, uh, like, uh, every day in the morning, uh, take the school bus, and i never been on a school bus before, because back there in Iraq, I just walk back and forth from home uh, to school. I never had that experience, being a school bus with a bunch of kids singing, whatever. <laughs> I remember one of the songs, it was uh, Akon, Smack That, Eric. And yeah. we would just sing it, smack that, you know, all on the floor, you know, like it was, it was, it was very funny. Um, and I picked up English uh, right there. Being around kids, uh, I had a pair who speak uh, Arabic, like I mentioned, and um, I, 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 it was a def definitely a, a different uh, game for me. So one day I returned to, uh, I returned to. Um, to the place that I was staying in, it was uh, Mount Manresa, and it had a church, um, like I mentioned before, and and it had an organ. So the organ, basically, the woman, her name is Sister Marine, um, uh, she was playing the song that I was listening to all, always. It was uh, Itsy Bitsy, Teeny Weeny, um, the bikini song we call. <laughs> um, and I was scared in the beginning. I was like, oh, I don't want to touch that. But it stayed in my mind. I was like, oh, why I didn't do that? So the second time, uh, she called me. And I was like, can you play that song again? 
on the organ can, and she said yeah sure come on baby and uh, she took me to um, she, she took me back to the church and she started playing the the organ for me again and she's like oh do you want to feel it do you want to feel the organ I was like yeah but that's you know I was afraid is it loud she's like no do this do that uh, and she was getting my hand my little hand on the keys and I was I was like wow and then goes from different actives and it has some uh, pedals you know like the the church organ has uh, uh, foot pedals you play like those bass notes and I was like oh wow I like it it's nice and then uh, I was like can you teach me itsy bitsy teeny weeny and I uh, she showed me and I played a part of it. I was like, wow, I like it. And then Elisa came and saw me. like, oh, Akbar, what you doing, sweetie? And I said, oh, this nice. I like it. She's like, oh, you she always hugged me. She's like, are you happy? I said, uh, yes. So she bought me a little keyboard. Because um, I said, oh, I like that. And I keep asking, Sister Maureen, can you take me back to the church to show me the organ? So Elisa saw that and she bought me a keyboard, a little keyboard. A toy keyboard, I'll say. And, um, what I'm trying to remember, um, I used to play it in the bedroom. I was like, oh, I want to play the song Itsy Bitsy Tinuini. And, you know, I, 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 I just loved the instrument. I liked it. And then I, I had the love and the passion for music, and that helped it. And I was like, wow, I, I, I just I love to learn that. Plus, in uh, PS55, they have uh, like a grand piano at the, uh, what do you call it? The auditorium, they had a like big grand piano. And uh, some piano teachers used to play for us sometimes. And we sit there, so I, I began to uh, like it a lot, uh, the piano. Uh, uh, with that happening, uh, the girl, uh, Sabrina, she was sitting right next to me always. She, uh, I, I liked her, you know, she was sitting right next to me always. And <laughs> think of the memories, like uh, people are going to think, oh, wow, he, he used to be a player when he was a little, but, um, um, I just loved it a lot for her to be around me. And uh, we used to come home. Um, uh, it was like during the summertime, kind of like May, beginning of June, before my birthday. It, was, it used to be like a lot of thunderstorms. You know what they say about April and May? It'd be a lot of raining days uh, and thunderstorms. I used to hide under the bed from thunderstorms, <laughs> and it, it was really bad. And um, like. I never had the experience. Imagine being blind and you, you you hear how loud it gets and it shakes the you know it shook the house. You know what I mean? I was like, oh man, the, the roof is gonna collapse. And I used to hide under the bed, under the bed and my father was like, oh come on, relax, you'll be okay. And then um, a little by little, um, you know, I was learning a braille. Um, Miss Friend. Hopefully she can hear that. Shout out to her. Uh, she was my first Braille teacher. <clears throat> she uh, taught me very well uh, with one hand. And, um, 
you know, I was beginning to learn it a little, a little bit, like le learn the alphabet and learn how to write some sentences in a, uh, a braille machine. The braille machine, let me describe it, it's, it has like six keys and you put like a blank paper and you type with the brailler, they call it, and it, it makes some dots. It's hard to see for sighted people, but for as for us blind people, we feel it with our hands and read it. And since I had one hand, and I also had one hand, um, um, I was reading slow, but it was fine. It was just for just for me to learn the basics of the braille. Okay, just to describe it. Anyway, um, with that experience, um, I, I my English got better with the braille because now you're writing sentences and trying to teach you and spelling and things like that my spelling never was the best and still not the best but um now i forgot about all what happened to me like in two act i just survived a second accident eric and uh, now i forgot all, all about that i just got lost in this culture meaning being surrounding with these boys and girls and all the same age as you and they respect you and it was so nice. You had a para who cares about you. Like even the food in the morning, you get to eat, have chocolate milk. I'm just describing. People think it's not a big deal, but in Iraq we don't have that. Like you get breakfast in the morning, you have a cafeteria, you go to for lunch, um, and we don't have that in Iraq in schools, like elementary schools, for example. Even in in in, in higher schools, like uh, middle school or high school or even maybe college, but. We didn't have that, imagine, okay? So, um, and just to see the, teacher, the teachers, how they treat the kids, and, uh, you know, with love and and they're, they're caring a lot. You know, I, I came from a school in Iraq, they hit me with a stick or they, or they slapped me or, or if I didn't do my homework, I, I, you know, I got punished. Anything here is completely different. So I was like, man, this is where I belong, you know? And, and and it was like my it, it became my comfort zone, okay. Um, and 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 it just uh, one thing led to another. I stayed for a whole year here, but there's more stuff. Um, you know, I'll tell you more. But yeah, Eric, this is what happened. You know, you asked me about the organ, and I learned. You know, you know, I'm trying to learn, and then I had the ear. You know, I was like, oh man, I want to play this song and and think like that. So. In 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 the in the school they had this grand piano and after lunch they used to take us me and Mikolai the the two blind students to to the auditorium to play in this um, grand piano and at home I had this Alisa bought me this uh, uh, a little keyboard and I used to uh, play with it so yeah that's what happened basically as a start for having the love for the instrument. So now um, when you were in school. How did you uh, learn English? How did they teach you English? And also with the Braille, did they teach you uh, Braille in English as well? Or did they also, is there an Arabic version of Braille? Uh, actually, there is an Arabic version for, uh, for Braille, but they didn't teach me that. They taught me everything English. So when you were little, they uh, basically, uh, they tried to just push you. And as, a, as, as children back then, we pick up very quick stuff. I only speak, or I only spoke Arabic with, only with my dad when I got home. But either than that, other than that, 
I, I was speaking English all the time. And then anything I don't understand, the translator, that you know, she speaks the same language, that para she speaks, and she used to translate to me. And I used to listen to her how she translated. And and in the Braille, it made it better because I was trying to uh, write, uh, write sentences, uh, learn vocabulary words, and I just picked it up and I memorized it little by little and I just I just had the ear listen to people listen to how uh, the classmates talk to me how they talk to each other and being oh, Sabrina around me she used to talk to me I was like oh man I want to talk to her you know what I mean and she gave me oh this is my number call me so <laughs> I used to call her I used to call her house phone hello can I have can I speak to uh, Sabrina and her mom's like who is this I was like oh um this is Ahmed, Ahmed, uh, friend, friend, school. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, hold on. And then she comes like, hey, Ahmed. And I was like, hey, what's up? She's like, oh, you remember? You remembered my phone. I only remember now only 718, the area code. Right. <laughs> I don't remember anything else. But yeah, and and that's how it happened. Um, we... Uh, that's how I contacted, but you know, I was a I was a fresh kid, and my parents were like, oh, I'm mad. Stop! Like, oh, I'm not doing anything because when you go, like when we go like into our auditorium or we go for like go outside in the playground and things like that, I'm happy. I keep asking, oh, where's Sabrina? Where's Sabrina? And and thing, it was kind of weird, you know, for an Iraqi kid asking for Sabrina. <laughs> yeah, so, but um. It was fun. At least I used to see her every every day. She comes around because we lived closer to her now. Uh, we used to live in the South Shore, South Shore, and she used to live here. I mean, she still live here, like uh, uh, close to um, you know, close to Mount Risa. And then we moved to Mount Risa, and I became like only five minutes for her. So she used to come every day um, uh, to. Um, to see me and my, my father, and um, also the, the the charity, the, the way they started, um, just to ex explain something a little about the Global Medical Relief Fund. The Global Medical Relief Fund started in 1996. That was actually the same year I was born. And me too. And probably, <laughs> and for you too, yeah. She started, like, if I get it right, maybe further down the line, you can... We'll send out more information about that. She was help. Uh, Lisa was helping the the Bosnian um, uh, children, writing songs and hilarious and fundraisers for because Bosnia was going through a war um, back there back there in the nineties, and and then um, she received a she received a letter from a boy who was fifteen. His name is Kenan. Uh, and he was asking for help for two arms and a leg. I, I'm I'm telling you these words out of because she's that's that's the reason because she speak about this and she tells the story and I, I always remember this line asking for two arms and a leg. Yeah, she received that letter and she told herself, "Oh, I want to help this child, Kenan." And that's how she started the charity, a little by little. Uh, one child at a time, and um, and I was one of the ch one of the children that she helped. And Kenan, uh, he stayed here uh, with her. He was the first uh, child. He stayed with her, and 
when I met Kenan, he was like, uh, let's see, if I get the math right. So 18, he was in his 20s, so I would say 24, 25, okay? So I used to used to come to Lisa, see me, uh, I, I see him, and, and like that, and it was fine, totally fine. And yeah, so that's how we, you know, she comes in, hey, how you doing? You need anything for school? She, she, she sees me like I'm happy. She's like, oh, do you like the keyboard? And uh, I'll, I'll tell you about that trip we did um, in a minute. Yeah, so that's what happened, actually, to answer your question, Eric. Yeah, um, I'm sure that time was probably a, a whirlwind because you went from experiencing the lowest of the lows, and all of a sudden, here you are. Now you're in the U.S., and now you're learning English. You're in school. You're with a lot of different kids. You're with a lot of teachers. You have a parent that's taking care of you. You have a Lisa. You have your father. It's like everything that you deserved to get after these things that happened were given to you. And I know there's a lot of people in the world that may not have gotten that uh, opportunity. And you were lucky enough to come all the way out here. And even though it's like uh, practically a world away, a world away, you yourself got the joys of being a kid. Uh, even though you experience things that most kids would never ever experience, and I'm glad that you mm -hmm. were able to sort of have like this 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 new timeline where you got the the help you deserved, and now you're in a place where you have artistic uh, abilities. You have your you have you speak multiple languages, right? And you now yeah, have definitely. a part of you that could have been completely taken away had the opportunities not been there for you and uh, I'm glad especially now that that teacher taught you the piano that it was an, something extra it wasn't just the fact that you were going to school and learning English but you found a second thing that you could pursue because you know I know you played soccer a lot when you were a child before the accident and that's the thing you wanted to do 100% and now you found a new passion that you never know maybe you never would have found it or maybe you would have if nothing ever happened but uh it's it's equally as important that you were able to find the piano and to find music and that being blind put no it dampened it in no way shape or form that blind or not no matter whether you have a so-called disability music is something that can be done even deaf people play music and it's it's incredible and you were able to uh, spring right into it no problem and it, it blossomed right at a, a good time for learning languages and music at age seven eight nine your brain is a sponge and that's uh sort of a, a perfect mixture that you were able to learn language and music at the same time because in a way music has become a third language for you yeah that's true uh yeah you know actually i i never saw an instrument like this before like the organ you know or a smaller version as the keyboard. I never saw anything like that before. The only thing I saw in Iraq was the drums and possibly I remember the trumpet, what it looks like. Okay. Maybe, but um, as in a, and a violin, if I can remember how it looks like. I think so. But I never saw a piano before and 
I only had one hand and basically I, I, I just loved it. As a kid, I, I felt like it was like a toy for me. And, you know, we'll speak about, we'll speak about it because it's going to be, the piano is going to be part of my life a little by little and you, and you get to see um, how the piano um, uh, gave me, I say, piece of happiness. Now, English, um, you know, just to think about, I was a little kid and from the first episode or the second episode, I was saying that I didn't speak anything. I only spoke two words when the military entered Iraq. I only spoke good and mister. And now I'm in a t totally different world. Thousands, thousands, uh, we, 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 in Iraq we go by kilometers, but in here we go by miles. Thousands, thousands, thousands uh, of miles far away from family across the ocean. And, um, you know, being in here in a completely different world and completely different school and culture, um, you know, I never dreamt about. And in meeting such a great people like Alisa and other people, you know, like uh, I, I never imagined just to explain because when I say something like maybe you see something not a big deal, like having breakfast in the morning in school, we never had that. And I'm trying to give you the as much as details as I can. I I'll I'll, I'll tell you about a trip we did together. Uh, Elisa, obviously, I said that you know I call her like mom now, but and you get to see why why that happened. So yeah, my father was here. She bought a couple of children. There was a child here from Bosnia with her mom. And there was uh, an Iraqi, another Iraqi kid named Ali and his aunt Narjus. So we all took, uh, obviously they all came through the charity and, you know, they get treated and go back just like myself back then. Now, I mean getting medical treatments. Now, we uh, traveled to Niagara Falls uh, in 2006. We, uh, we all drove up uh, for a six hour trip to Niagara Falls, uh, New York side. Just in case, for nobody, nobody knows where the Niagara Fall. Niagara Fall, uh, it, it, it spreads between two sides, between Canada, and um, uh, and New York. Eric, maybe you could explain it better as visual uh, for for the listeners. Yeah, there's a part of Canada that uh, uh, there's a part of Niagara Falls where it's it's like a it's sort of in the shape of a, a square, like three sides, and it's just a, a massive waterfall. Mm -hmm. And uh, the section of it is actually a part of Canada, and the other section of it is a part mm -hmm. of upstate New York. And in order to right. visit a certain part of Niagara Falls, you actually need to cross the Canadian border, and you need a, a passport for that. But you can visit Niagara Falls right. from the New York side. And I've, I've been wanting to go uh, for a couple of years now, but they're, they're, it's, it's large enough so that it's actually in two different countries. Yeah, so we, we actually took a trip. Thank you, Eric, for the description. Uh, we took a trip. Uh, Cannon was driving, so just to tell people, uh, Cannon had his arm is uh, is amputated from his elbow, and he has one leg. He has prosthetic leg, so he, he was, you know, he, he it's amazing and definitely inspiring. Uh, at his at his age, he was able to drive, and he was he had a license, and he still have a license, obviously. And at least on myself and my dad and the whole families that we mentioned we took the truck 
and we went driving up to uh, the Niagara Falls. We stayed there for two days. Elisa had some friends over there. It was such a great experience. Um, I was standing like there and hear, he, hearing the waterfalls and, and trying to picture it in my mind. Uh, when you hear it and you, and, and you feel the air uh, all like moist and like you, f you feel your face, it's such a great um, experience. Um, also, um, um, as we're driving up, my dad was telling me like there was, it was like the countryside, like on the road, you see all these all. Uh, Cornfields, they call them, right? Yep. Like corn. Yeah, it, it was, he was explaining to me. And I'm just trying to picture this in my mind as a little child. And we met great friends there. And that was the, actually one of my greatest trip I did with Elisa. We went there and we stayed there for two days and took a lot of pictures. We played. I, I met some cool boys. Uh, like, he was like, they were like my age. We used to play together. We played and, and, and like we rode some bikes and, and like they were telling me go left and right. My dad was telling me go left and right. So it was such a great experience. That was my first trip ever for that long. In Iraq back then I never did that before. I never went that kind of trip. So that was my first, I'll say this is my, that was my first trip ever in my life. Going to the Niagara Falls with my dad and Lisa and everybody else. I remember I ret we returned home. It was like. Five in the morning, we arrived. We we took off from uh, uh, from Niagara Falls. It was like around like ten p.m. when we were out here, like five. <clears throat> and Kenan was Kenan was driving. Like uh, he had a coffee and he was driving. Elisa, he she was up just to make sure he doesn't fall asleep. I I all I I remind that I, I remember that everything. And um, it, it was such a great experience. Uh, going uh, through through that um we, we returned home and what's the first thing i went to <laughs> the keyboard oh look i missed the keyboard man the keyboard and then i i used to um play this uh, big radio and and i had a, i found a station that played the akon song smack that i put it loud my dad's like turn it down turn it down like no i want to hear it and then and then Elisa walked in and was like, I don't think she remembers. She's like, oh, it's no good, no good song because it has some cursing words. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Like they smacked that all on the floor, smacked that, give me some more. <laughs> so and I was like, oh man, what's wrong? I was such a bad kid. I was so fresh. I was like, oh, let me call Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina, how are you? And then um, she's like, hey, stop calling me right now. My, my dad keeps asking me. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I hang up and I call her 10 minutes. Hey, what's up, Serena? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, stop it. My dad is calling me. Uh, my dad keep asking me. It's like, oh, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Now, I, that's all like a little phrases I know <laughs> in English. And, and, you know, I was just a child. Now, I want to tell you my birthday, my first ever birthday in America. Oh. You want to know, Eric, what happened? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My my first birthday. I never had a birthday in my life, and this is the first time I have a birthday party in the United States and in my life. So first, I turned nine in two thousand six, and I had two parties. The first party, it was at the school. 
um, the whole class, I, I was surprised. I walked in and the whole, uh, the whole, uh, the whole class was like preparing stuff, or, uh, making stuff for me, like cards and stuff. I, I, I don't know. And they had some cake and cupcakes, and and, and Sabrina bought some chocolate for me. Like, oh man, that's special. Um, and then they sang "Happy Birthday" for me. And it, it was such a great, a great experience. And then after they sing "Happy Birthday," they say, "Are you one? Are you two? I like, are you? I like, what's going on? Are you nine? Everybody start clapping. I was like, oh yeah, I'm nine years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, what are they talking about me? Um, it was such a great experience. Now, I, I, I got some a candy from my teachers. I got some cards. And Sabrina's like, oh, call me later. I'm like, yeah, I will. And, and, and the other girl, Antina, she's like, oh, don't call her. Call me. I'm like, oh, man. I will call you later, guys. You know? And then I, as soon as I got home, I'm trying to run to the phone to call Antina and Sabrina. They had, <laughs> Alisa had a birthday party for me, too. And then they sang, obviously, have some cake, cannon. Uh, Kenan ha- came also the, f- the the people in the community like uh, like from I mean, Matt and Marisa like the staff uh, the, the, you know the, the people who work there they were you know they made a birthday cake for me um, and it was such a great experience and my father was crying like oh my my you know having this uh, you know um people are around me and, and singing and brought me some gifts and I just loved it loved it first ever in my life it wasn't emotional for my dad to see uh, this party and, and stuff like that and, and, and <clears throat> I remember Elisa bought me some um, uh, since I loved music she bought me more CDs and uh, C- a CD player and she bought me some I'm trying to remember uh, some like clothes and, 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 and things like that she took care of me like I was a little son a little son and obviously she was, she just you know she got me the keyboard and, and everything now as soon as everybody left I went to the phone hello can I speak to Sabrina She's like oh Sabrina went to sleep it's, it's, it's 10 o'clock I was like oh Sorry, you not where's your dad? Where's your where's your mom? You you're supposed to go to sleep. I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. I hang up. I <laughs> I knew where's the phone line. I, I turned it off. I turned the power off so they don't call back. <laughs> and then like that, I was like, oh. and then I, I put it back in. I called, hello, can I speak to internet? Mm-hmm. He's like, who are you? And I said, like, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't hang up the phone. <laughs> I was such a bad kid. Such a bad kid. Um, because I was I was happy, you know, I was completely different. Uh, it was my life turning, you know, completely different, and not the way I expected it, you know. So yeah, that that was my first ever birthday in, in the United States. Eric. Yeah, and you were learning like dozens and dozens of new things in the U.S. that you never had in Iraq. That like. Each, each of these things, like calling this person and calling that person and having this birthday party and learning this language and doing this thing at school, it's like mm-hmm. even just one of those things would be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It gives you that rush. But you had all these you know, incredible uh, opportunities just like uh, thrust upon you that you have now that, you know, not even a year or two ago, you had none of that. And 
it's it's almost like yeah you know maybe Ahmed if he wants to call this person I, I know it it would it would be depending <laughs> on the time of night but like you know Ahmed deserves to be spoiled a little uh, bit here because he he there have been multiple times where he he might not be with us and now here he is and he's being uh, how you say fresh right he's being uh, yeah yeah. Because, you know, I didn't have that affectionate back in Iraq. Like, people around me and having gifts and birthdays. The only thing I asked for a gift, it was, I asked my dad for a bike. And I, I explained that. And I never got that gift. Never had that bike. And when I came, became blind, when I had my accident, my, my dad bought me the bike. And that was such a... That hurt me a lot. But, um... Yeah, so now now I feel the affectionate from people, the love from people to me, and and and, and uh, Elisa took me to a different uh, like CNN wanted to interview me. I think BBC News, uh, ABC. Um, we had we had some interviews. It was such a great experience, and um, it was aired back then. Um, it was live, and some of them was recorded. And you know, I had that. Ex it, was, it was such a great experience. Um, and you know, Elisa always, always she was always by my side. And then since I lost Saad, and you know, so she was kind of worried about me. And she was very, very, very uh, attached to me. And I was attached to her. Like every time she comes and see me, I used to sit in her lap all the time. I used to play with her hair. She, I, it was like that because she she loved me a lot, and a lot of people uh, with her, her friends and and um, like her family, her cousins, and they all they all loved me and all cared about me, you know. And sending 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 me to school, uh, you know, not a lot of children had that, and I was such a, uh, you know, I was lucky, I was fortunate. They had to have that opportunity, um, and it, I benefited from a lot. And you know, who knew it? Nobody knew it. Like you said, Eric, if it wasn't for the accident, I don't know where I'd be right now. I would not be here right now. I would not have had a meeting you, and I would not have had a podcast. You know, and uh, you, you would you know you would not know Ahmed and who's Ahmed, and you know I would not know who's Eric. But everything was planned. You know. Only God knew that was going to happen, and uh, losing some people that I loved, and being with the people that I loved, and uh, you know there, there was some gaps, and now get we get into that little by little. Um, I was just, I, I'm just nine years old right now, and I just uh, you know survived two accidents and learning the language, and now finding finding happiness um, with the people around me in school and being in the class setting again and learning the piano and everything came at me at once but what was happening to me I was happy you know what I mean I was happy yes when I was loaded before my accident because I, I I was what I was doing I was in my comfort zone I had my best friends I had my school like that I, I was just comfortable I was you know, loved soccer, and that's what I loved. And now I I found something else that I loved. It was piano. And having fun with people, communicating. I was such a I'm such a social person. I'm not a quiet child. Back then. Um, 
you know so all that came together at me at once and losing my brother surviving a second accident you know it, it just I, I was just hold on to be uh being happy uh and then uh, also uh, finding uh things that like new things to love as you know that piano having new friends making uh uh what you call it learning the language making a new um, you know uh, new ideas to uh, you know to m m make me um, you know a positive uh, human being yeah so definitely and I mentioned these things like the trip I mentioned the school I mentioned the church I mentioned like that um, you know I was just a child and just trying to enjoy life but uh, you know never knew that was gonna happen <clears throat> now an another question I had is when you were learning English uh... Mm -hmm. The other subjects. Did you have to learn English first before you could start learning, uh, start learning math, or start learning uh, science, or start learning, uh, you know, history and all that? Did you have to learn English first, or was there a way that they were able to teach you some of those things while you were learning it, or even before you fully learned it? Yeah. So uh, everything uh, came at once, and I told you, like I had the para. She was translating. Uh, for me, like the math, um, the you know the history and everything else, she was explaining to me, and I was learning it. Okay. Like multiplication or adding or subtracting, and I I just remembered it. I just remembered it, and with the braille, it definitely helped. You know, the signs and for the braille, like so. Everything helped little by little, and then having the para. Being my assistant definitely um, helped me. Yeah, that's so, why powers are so important, man. They're so great. They're they're very key. Yeah, when they, you it's, have it's disabilities. having the right one, by the way. Yeah, too. <laughs> having the right. <laughs> well, yeah. So especially I had a, I had uh, no English when I entered school, but I left I, I left school. Ooh, now I can communicate with people. So and I was a child, you know, but. Because I love this, you know, when you love something, you will learn it quick. And since you want to be happy in this culture, you want to make friends like that, you want to do it, you know. Um, and then being in a school bus, school bus, it was the fun time. It was screaming, dancing, uh, you know, child yelling, you know, mm. that was fun. Yeah. And then what are you gonna do? Yell Arabic words? No, you're gonna learn English and and talk, <laughs> talk to them. Um, uh, what else? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, what was going on in 2006? Do you remember for you what happened? What was going on in 2006 for you? In the world? Oh, just for me personally? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2006, 2007 was a good time. That was. Uh, that was me. Yeah, fifth grade. Fifth grade, yeah, that was the best. Fifth grade. Fifth grade was the best year in elementary school for me. I, nice. I, I would say, could I put together all the things that I did? I was in, I was in the chorus. Mm -hmm. I was the secretary of the student mm -hmm. council. I was in something called the Young Ambassadors. Nice. I was a writer and a nice. star in the in the spring play. Um, Wonderful. Let's see. Do I, I? I I played in something called the stock market game with my friend, and we we came mm -hmm. in first place. 
and nice. we, we we got we went to a special dinner and we got a check and all that nice. um i was in a bunch of other clubs i i i might have even still missed a few things but yeah the fifth grade i was very active and that was yeah that was 2006 2007 uh, you just remind me uh, of something. That was great, man. Uh, fifth grade. Yeah, I entered uh, fourth grade. I, I, I graduated third grade. And I went to uh, a summer school. I went to summer school for like a month. And after that, I went for uh, I, I went for a camp. Went for a camp for the blind. Okay. It's, it's here upstate New York. It's called the VCB VCB uh, camp. I went there for mm. two weeks. Man, that was fun. So here's what happened. I'll, I'll explain to you. I went there with my dad and uh, so, uh, uh, one of Alisa's friend, uh, her friend who spoke Arabic. We went there. Um, it's all blind, all blind people now. You see all different girls. You see different families. It was much. The camp, the camp is it, it's like it's like a complex almost. It has different buildings, cafeteria. They have activities and like that. And it was my first time swimming uh, in a swimming pool hmm. with with another children. Right. Uh, it was great. They, they uh, here's what I did. They gave me a life jacket, and I, I I jumped in the pool, and I was like, "Oh, they trying to guide me." And then one of one of the <laughs> one of the um, swimmers, he, he was my age, uh, was nine, uh, you know. He uh, bumped into me, and as soon as he bumped into me, that was like my first ten minutes in the pool. As soon as he bumped into me, I slapped him. Boom! They took me, out. <laughs> they took me out the pool. <laughs> hey, don't do that. Not good. I was like, oh, I didn't do anything. He bumped into me. He's like, yeah, don't do that. Why are you slapping him? Like, I don't know, he, <laughs> I, like, I don't know what it was, and I just slapped him. He's like, oh, you hurt him. I didn't do anything. He just bumped into me. Why he stepped in front of me? So I, I didn't like it, but I just loved it. Um, I met some uh, great friends, a whole blind. We played, um, uh, we played some uh, soccer. We played some like that, and then he walked into a room. Had had ten pianos, and soon as you enter, everybody's playing music. I was like, "Oh, I'm looking for a piano. Where's the piano?" And I and I, as as child, everybody's they just playing music, classical music, and I I just come in on uh, bang on the keys, dun 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 dun, up and down, like, "Hey, stop it!" I like, I'll, I stop for a second, and I do it again, and uh, because these people take private lessons and like they play like classical music and stuff like that, like with about ten pian pianos, Eric, all grand piano. And all they all playing music, and and, and me trying, trying to you know be a troublemaker. Um, and what else we did? What else we did? Um, we uh, they taught me how to use a cane, um, like with my cane to get around. You see the boys, and they see the children how they how they um, walk around the camp, uh, all around the you know the area. And I was like, oh, I like it. So they gave me, that was my first experience using a cane, Eric, as a blind. Wow. I'm like, what is this? They gave me a cane. I'm like, what is this? And then you hear, you hear people walking with the cane. I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do this. Uh, and then now you, they start, they started to uh, teach me how to swing it left and right, 
you know, this is a different game for me. This is a different tool for me. My dad's like, oh, you got to do it. Do it. I was like, I don't know. He's like, oh, everybody's doing it. Why not you? I was like, I don't know. You know, but in the, in the end, I was like, oh. And then all, they were so friendly to me. All these kids, they were the same age as me. It's like a camp for the blind. So, and they all have kids like, oh, yeah, Simon, you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, all right. And I did it. It was fun. Um, and then it was just like every day, we just, you go swimming. And we had a lot of activities. We played some musical chairs and we played uh, a lot of stuff. Anyway, um, after that, that, that VCB program finished, we returned back home to Mount Narisa. And now I entered fourth grade, September. Um, same school, PS55. Okay. Sabrina, I don't know. She left a different school. I don't know. I don't know what happened to her. I lost contact with her. But, and now they, it got me to uh, a musical a play. I don't know what is it called, but was it was it was something I had to say a line with the with the other uh, uh, boy Nikolai friend who was um, uh, also blind like I said like I said he was saying his line I was saying his line and we dance mm. so he mentioned about being in a play I was in a play too and it, it was such a great experience uh, I was dancing I loved it yeah, on stage um it, 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 it was such a, a great time and my father came to see me with Elisa uh, my father was crying how to see me uh, be on stage dancing with the other kids we had some beautiful uh, you know time like beautiful um, music and we were dancing to it and like then Elisa see me like oh I'm so proud of him and to see me being a happy child and my father you know just lost his older son and now he see his son blind dancing and like that so it was such an emotional time for him as well so yeah that was also uh, a great time that year Eric it developed me who I am right now to be honest really learning the language learning music yeah 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 and learning the culture a little bit being in an elementary school setting Definitely, um, it made me better. But it's going to have some twist in a minute, and I'll explain to it. Um, I, I'll explain to you what happened. Um, so, yeah, I entered fourth grade, and now now it's getting colder again. You know, around this time right now, it's, it's, it's October. Yeah. It was getting, and I, and I started to miss my family. I started to miss my mother. My dad is missing his daughters, obviously his wife, and because we've been here for so long, as I mentioned, we're moving up with the story a little bit. Little we came here July twenty seven two thousand six, and now we're already in October. So how long we've been here? We just lost Saad December second two thousand five. We came here January twenty seven two thousand six, and now we're in October. So a long time, you know what I mean? And usually children come here to get treatments, uh, you know, with the charity, two, three months, and maybe four months at, at most, maybe. Depends on the situation and go back. But I stayed because Elisa, you know, uh, she was worried about me, like I said, and, I, you know, she treated me special. 
and not not means that she does, she didn't like our children, but I had a different circumstances. You know what I mean? So th th that that was the different. Now, like I said, I'm missing my family, and um, now things got a little funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. So, um, but I, I, you know, I, I stayed playing the piano, it's going to school little by little, and then learning the language. But like I said, family got in the way, and I was scared to stay here alone, were by myself. Yes, I was nine, but still. Yeah, as I, you know, I America. Yeah, as you know, America is not the same like before. 2006 is different than 2021. Mm. Completely different. Um, life was simpler, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, it was definitely not as crazy as now. And um, it was it, it, it is definitely um, um, it changed me and it changed a lot of people. Yeah, definitely what, what you, has um, it def a part of that definitely has to be uh, just how you view the world as a kid as opposed to an adult. Because uh, yeah, no, e even if technology technology aside and everything, yeah, life definitely was simpler back then. But th that's pretty much the case for almost everybody, uh, because of just how you view the world as an eight-year-old versus how you view the world as a twenty-five-year-old. Right. It's just. You know, things are simpler because things are they're told to you and you believe it and you buy into it and you love it, like Santa Claus with Christmas presents and, and all that kind of <laughs> thing. But uh, but for right. you, though, you, you experienced things that most adults wouldn't even be able to handle when you were only seven years old. So it, it was completely your right to view the world the way you did when you were a kid because you deserve that. And I'm, I'm glad you got that opportunity, especially in, in school and such. Because it's funny. Um you went to PS fifty five, and I went to PS twenty two. That's like the numbers are flipped. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we both had a really good time uh, in our elementary schools. Uh, PS twenty two was great for me, and by the sound of it, mm -hmm. uh, PS fifty five sounded pretty good for you as well. Pretty great. Uh, but uh, actually, it was it, it was I, definitely great. I actually yeah. came uh, mm -hmm. to a, just a final question, just to wrap it up. Uh, you, mm -hmm. you you brought up a great point about how. You were getting deeper into you know, being happy and, and assimilating mm -hmm. with uh, the culture here and, and really really starting to like it. But at the same time, you started to miss your family. So I th that was a mm -hmm. good point you brought up because uh, a question I had was, even though that you came to the U.S., it's still your second home. And I was curious to see how mm -hmm. you were able to practice your faith in the United States. Because I know you said there was a mosque that you went to, but... Uh, I wanted to touch upon how your faith was, how you kept up the, your the, practicing your faith in a different country with your father, and um, how deeply you were able to practice it. If you were to practice it fully, or if it was hindered or uh, you know damaged in any way, or if the the events that happened to you, if you had more freedom to put things on pause mm -hmm. or was it the opposite was did you go deeper into your faith be because of this and were you able to fully uh practice it here in the u.s 
So that's a great question. So uh, actually, my father is not, you know, as religious. My mother is, um, and I wasn't, you know, it's not like I was a child. But the thing is, what got us the most, to be honest, is like missing your family, missing your mother, missing your mom's food, missing your your sisters being around you, missing as a child, you know, you know, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just thinking. Like, it's, you're missing your mom, okay? Yeah. Yes, you have your dad. You know, your dad is not like your mom, okay? Your dad is not going to cook for you. Your dad is not going to... It's not the same. If, I was closer to my dad even when I was in Iraq back then. But still, it, it, it was too long for him and for me. I was happy. I wanted to stay, to be honest. But at the same time, at the same time, I, 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 uh, I missed my mom. My mother. Um, and w what it was, yes, we did go to a couple of mosques, and so we didn't really have any problem with the faith, but we just missed the the, uh, the we missed deeper in in our minds, meaning we missed being home. Okay, we yes we were we were like you know to say was a second home. I was happy and everything else. But my dad, you know, he could see him. He was, you know, um, he wanted to leave me here, and I don't want to say I don't want to stay here. He wants to just like stay here because he seen he he saw me how I was happy, like this. So I, I started feeling sad because, like, oh man, I I hope they don't leave me here. You know what I mean? So in the end, my father got sick. To be honest here, um, he had a uh, a kind of. Um, not a stroke, but he, he had some, uh, he, he had a, like, similarly, like he choked, uh, he was eating and he choked and he, when he choked, he, he stopped breathing and it was so difficult and I was only, I was the only, uh, person around him, uh, you know, I was like, hey dad, what's the matter, you okay? And I lifted his head and like that, so they took him the hospital so health wise my dad he wasn't feeling good um, and then you know it's only me around him you know so he, he definitely he, he needed his family around him he wanted to come here just to see to help me to everything do anything for me but at the same time it was too long for him to stay away from everybody from his wife his daughters and everything else okay so I had no choice to go with him, and it was December fifth, two thousand six. We returned home, um, and I told you my father was sick, meaning he was okay traveling, but um, it was too long for him. And like I said, uh, we went home. So basically, the faith wasn't the problem. The problem was it was too long for him to stay away from his family. And I, he, he wanted to leave me here, but I said no. At least she wanted to keep me here, to be honest. Even when I was little and I refused. She didn't say it directly, but you could see it. You know, by her sending me to school, helping me, and never said no to me in any kind of way. So we went back to Iraq again. Um, now we are not sorry, obviously. We moved. And Muhammad, he was the only person taking care of the family. 
but um that is a big gap and you're gonna hear a lot of information that nobody know about even <laughs> lisa oh Really? Um, how I, yeah, how I dealt with this gap, and we'll definitely get into it in the next episode. But yeah, we returned back to to Iraq, my dad and I, after one year spending in the U.S., going to school third and fourth grade, and having all these happy times, um, and having all these fun times. Now it's behind me again. She sent me home with a little keyboard to practice at home, or not practice, but having fun. I loved it. I was like, I want a keyboard. I took my CD players, I took my, like that, all my toys, and I went home. And, um, that was, uh, now we're gonna, re we're gonna get into another difficult time for me. And we'll definitely get into it. I don't want to get into details right now because we might, we'll probably spend some time on this gap I call it a gap and you'll know why so we returned um, to Iraq and greeted by our family my brother Muhammad and my cousin came to um, get us from the from the border, Iraqi border, we came the same way that we went through London and Kuwait and we crossed the border. Alisa cried when, when she said goodbye and, you know, the school, they told me to come back. You should come back. They sent me with braille, papers, books, like that. Like, look at this. And this is what it's, what's going to get a little tough. This, they, the school sent me, um, Sent me home with books and papers and like that to practice braille. And a lot of classmates, they made a party for me when I left. And um, Sabrina came and hugged me. <laughs> oh. And please come and please come back. Um, and yeah, but I had no choice. I had to go. I went back and I took a whole bag of books and, pap and papers of braille writings and stuff. Recordings. Um, and yeah, so we returned home now and we turned to our family now. Ahmed, it's a different time for Ahmed. I'm a little older now. Yeah, I think that's well, we'll a pretty good it. spot to, to, uh, to leave it off uh, as a cliffhanger for the, the next episode, I'd say. For sure. Yeah, it's like a reverse culture mm -hmm. shock because usually culture shock is when you leave what you know and you experience a whole new culture somewhere else. In this case, it seems that the continuation of the story is like a reverse culture shock where now you're used to the new culture yes. and now you have to relearn the old ways again <laughs> uh, that's that's interesting that's yep, definitely very that, tough that's definitely um that's definitely a very uh, loaded episode i think coming up next but for now that's a perfect way to wrap up this episode for sure eric uh, thank you as always uh, and i think we're gonna spend some i'll say a couple episodes on this time we get into it because okay. it's a lot of information and a lot of things happen to me and you'll know and hopefully you get to understand some things and um, yeah we'll spend some time on this I hope everybody stays 
well and healthy and we'll see you next time eric you take it away all right so we'll leave it at that a uh, big thank you and shout out to all the people listening around the world we see you um uh, and uh we have of course uh, much more to talk about and if we could do it all in 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 one episode uh we could but you know we have to we have to cut these things and, and make sure that uh we have a nice long uh, uh catalog for all of our listeners but thank you again to all of our new listeners and to all the people who've been listening from the beginning or from wherever you picked it up uh and until next time when we see you in the sixth episode uh, i'm eric ransom and for ahmed sharif we will see you next time.